0: This is efficiency on demand. On demand. High performance. Human optimization. Human optimization. People think hectic, craziness. No time, no fun. Just work, work, work. work. Perform. Perform harder. Harder. Push. Push. Machines. High pressure, no time. It's time to slow down, to speed up. You owe more to yourself. This is Efficiency on Demand with Monique. Monique is a high-performance and human optimization specialist. During the show, Monique and her guest will talk about all things time management, impactful leadership, mindset mastery, and energy efficiency. It's time to take control of your time and live life Limitless. This is efficiency on demand, and this is your host, Monique.
1: Welcome, everyone, to Efficiency on Demand. This is actually take two because the first one I forgot to record. Welcome to my world. Anyways, I want to introduce you to one of my very, very good friends, Adel Amati, the copywriter genius. Mr. Copywriter, I should only say one of no. them, but I said two. Well, whatever. Anyways.
2: Yeah, I got so many names.
1: <laughs> we can we can figure them out all, and he's uh, one of the best between the US and India, Ecuador and Australia and back, and he's in the UK actually, and yes. I want to welcome him to the show. Welcome.
2: Hey, Monique. Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for being on again. <laughs> and. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sort of good.
1: <laughs> and happy birthday again. We just talked about it, but who cares? Thank
2: you. Oh yeah, I know, right? I crossed a new decade just a few days ago. And by the time the show goes live, it's been a couple of weeks. Yeah. But we're we're recording this October first.
1: Is it October? God damn it.
2: Yeah, it's October first today. I know, right? Pumpkin season.
1: I mean, people should have seen my face, but it, it looked like basically a pumpkin for Halloween. So why is it pumpkin season? <laughs>
2: Halloween. You've literally hit oh. it on the nail on the head. That's the only reason. I, yeah. I was... And also because Starbucks loves pumpkin spice latte. I was lattes.
1: waiting for that one. <laughs> All right. <sighs> pumpkin spice latte. Is there a season? You can drink that at any time, can you?
2: No, no. They only have them on at certain times of the year. I think from like September through till January. And I don't drink them, but I know far too many people that Is do. Is
1: there an opinion about it?
2: Oh, no, it's just people like Pumpkin Spice Artes. I'm just (laughs) not a fan.
1: Well, I mean, yeah. So tell me why you have all these copywriting names and why you're such a genius about copywriting.
2: Well, I've been doing this well professionally 12 years as of today of recording this and i have actually been writing copy for uh, 18 years since the time i was 12 years old so i've spent the majority of my life trying to understand what makes people th- tick what makes people buy and why they do what they do and i just got really good at writing for practically everything like if, if i start if i put my mind to it and add the time I could pretty much write a, a kick-ass sales that's for pretty much anyone in any industry and make them money. And I've done this so many times that by the time 2019 ends, I'm on track to hit $700 million made for my clients in that 12-year period. So it's it's kind of like that's the reason uh, that I have so many different nicknames.
1: That sounds efficient to me too. $700 million yeah. made in copy, from copy. Oh, yeah.
2: From copy and consulting alone, which is amazing.
1: So it is amazing indeed. Tell me about what you're writing as a 12 year old.
2: It was actually really strange because like when I started writing that age, I was writing more stories for my dad, Mm -hmm. uh, for his company. And I didn't know at the time that he was actually using them to promote his business. I was actually just using it as a way to improve the speed of my writing because I was an extremely slow writer when I was younger. Like it would take me like an hour to get a paragraph written because I had to have it perfect if I messed up even slightly on it, I'd have to root the page out and start again. And my teachers were very upset about that. So they asked me to get faster, get better at writing. Otherwise, uh, secondary school was going to be a real pain in the butt. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I'll make sure that I, uh, I write better.
1: That's amazing. So that's
2: basically how I got started into it.
1: Amazing. So, okay, let's talk about get faster, get better at something, because obviously that has to do with efficiency. So tell me. <laughs> and we're efficiency on humane here. So tell me how you did that right. so obviously keeping writing keeping practicing that's one thing but
2: yeah so i've developed systems over the last like 10 years to help me write copy quickly like the way i can verbalize a sales that's in about five minutes for anyone like speak it into existence comes down to being able to actually it's, it's practice obviously but there's a system i've created for creating sales pieces So in my head, I have a blueprint, and that blueprint basically runs from understanding what the headline Mm -hmm. is and having formulas, like in quotes, formulas in my head about what I go to as my main go-to for first draft copy. So I'll give you an example. For all my headlines, you'll always see me use one of three headlines. I'll either use a discover, an uncover, or review. Actually, it's a discover, revealed, or an if-then headline. So it's kind of like, hey, discover how you can do X, Y, and Z, or... If you're feeling very out, of, if you're feeling actually, let do a really easy one. If you're feeling that your life is not as efficient and can be, and you can see the productivity basically increase, or you feel like you have a cap on how great you can be, then listen to the show. That's kind of like a perfect if-then. If this is a thing that's happening, then this is the mm-hmm. response. And it always ends with watch this video, read this letter, listen to the show, whatever it is. And that formula actually is just the starting point. It goes into like where someone's story is, when they're introduced, what type of story to use for each person based on the conversation we have, what that product entails, you know, where it entails, price points, justification, testimonials, closes, you know, risk reversal, tes- bonuses, just everything is stacked in a way that mentally makes sense to my brain. Mm-hmm. So I can run through that very quickly. But kind of going back to it, like the email sequences I have, because there's seven types of emails I write, which are... Friendly, inspirational, transformational, content, sales, story, and and it's like mystery is the seventh email. It's like so many different variations, but those are the seven I kind of run Mm -hmm. with. So with each one, I have a system of how I do them. Same with video sales letters, webinars, basically any kind of way you can think of. I have a methodology in my brain of how that breaks down. And that's the only reason I've been able to become efficient with it. Because if I, when I was just guessing it, it would take me weeks to get started. Right or month yeah. whereas now i can sit down and go i've got the information i need i can just run with
1: right this. so okay that's amazing and let's go back a little bit so obviously people want to know well we're not going to lay out your whole system because that's what people pay you for but i want to know yeah. how you got to the point and i think that's a that's a whole different level of you know research and trial and error as well but there is another way of how people get to the point of actually systematizing and, and getting frameworks, right? And it's the same like what I've done with my framework. that just works. And it works so well that if I go and don't take clients through that framework, it just doesn't work as well. It doesn't create those results. So yeah. how did you get started to look at, at the way of writing copy like from a point of systematizing it as well? And where did you actually start?
2: So it's kind of it's kind of strange because I had been using almost a, I'd used John Carlton's system uh, and John's system is three questions. It's really simple. It's like who are you, what are you selling and how do I buy it? Three questions that you answer. Mm-hmm. And then um everyone else was coming out with their own formulas like Ryan Dice did and of course uh Digital Marketer did. And I read through them and I It's something inside of me was like, this just doesn't feel right. It feels, it feels good, but it's too generic. It doesn't have a lot of ability to create customization. Like I can write 10 sales letters with this formula. Great. But they will be so similar in how they're written that everyone will be able to see this. It's it's a template. Whereas when you read my copy, it doesn't feel like a template. It flows through and brings you the actual thing. You can see the elements, but the copy is so different. And the way that I got to this was quite simple. Um, Mm -hmm. It was by accident. I actually got asked to hold a training for my friend, Ryan Levesque, for his group. Uh, we were in the mastermind with him. And it was like, could you could you hold a training for my people? Oh. And uh, I did. Yeah. I actually went ahead and held that training. And surprisingly, someone that we both know, and I think a lot of people do know, a man named Dan Meredith was actually on that call as well, watching. Right. And it was the first time that I actually revealed this system that I had. It was like uh, 17 steps I'd created to writing the perfect sales letter. The reason I say it was called it was all accidental. I actually didn't come up with a system like in words, like properly written down until about five minutes before the call. Love it. I remember getting a message going, "Hey, we need slides done for this." I was like, "Wait, what? You guys need slides?" They're like, yeah. I was like, "Give me five minutes." I just knocked out like twenty slides in five minutes with this methodology. And I was like, "I'm just gonna go through everything that's in there." <laughs> um, jumped on, delivered the training. It was so well received that, and the reason I say Dan was actually on it was because he actually sent me a message afterwards saying, that was so amazing. Can I share this with people in my group and stuff? And even ever since then, he's always kind of like gone back and he's repeatedly said to people, if you want to learn how to go through like basic copy stuff uh, and really understand it at a high level, like just follow adults, adult's template, you'll, you'll get so much out of it and speed your writing up stuff like crazy. But yeah, so that's exactly how I came up with it, was I sat down, did this webinar. At the end of it, I realized there was value in this, so I started to write it down for myself and start running with it. Because up until that point, I think it was eight years of my business, I had done $350 million for my clients at that point. And this is like trying to use different formulas, my own formulas, see what works, And then I found this and in the three years, not the four, in the three years that followed it, I did $150 million for my clients in that time period. So in three years, I almost doubled what the production value of the first eight. Yeah. Like in that time period of like exactly how I'm just doing every single year. It was insane. And then I've just started to teach the same thing to other people and they're kicking ass with it. They're like, this is the simplest system I've ever used. So
1: amazing, amazing.
2: I'll I'll share one aspect of it that's actually very powerful. Never put your bonuses after the product. Always put the bonuses after the guarantee. That will basically increase your conversion rate like crazy.
1: So you have to have a guarantee? Not
2: always, but it's best to have a guarantee. Right. And the guarantee could be something as simple as, I have one that's a year-long guarantee for my products, which is if in the next 365 days, you don't make money after applying my system. Then send me an email because you need the money more than I do. That's just, It's kind of like a slight insult of a, of a guarantee, but it works because it makes them pissed off enough to try it. But it also gives them the safety net to work. If you don't have a guarantee, you don't yeah. need one. But always give the bonuses after you've given the price and ask for the sale.
1: Do you think free pineapples for a year would work?
2: Oh, fuck it, yeah, I would. Excuse my language. Hell yes, it's it
1: fine. We're we're not. Uh, so we are a podcast with swearing.
2: Yay, <laughs> fun stuff.
1: I like. I tried to hold myself back on my last podcast, and it didn't fucking work.
2: Yeah, I was going to say you and not swearing. <laughs> that that like you're passionate. You do this all the time, and we love it.
1: So I can imagine being the copywriter slash genius slash Michelangelo of creation slash everything else in the copywriting world you have like a table full of work yep now what creative people usually are not very efficient if i may say so
2: we're not i mean the thing that you helped me with with the flexi schedule has been massively helpful massively helpful.
1: oh you've got the flexi schedule
2: okay you designed one for me it was amazing and it still works the thing that I've actually found is I like, I've realized that I like to be backed into a corner, mm. like more work than I can handle, and then be like, let's make a miracle happen. And I run with it. The only problem with that, sometimes my mindset isn't in the right place, so that doesn't happen. Yeah. But it's, the majority of the time, it's in the right space that I can do it. But I've been finding, because as you said, creative people are not very good at this whole efficiency thing. <laughs> I found actually giving myself routine time and breaks of when I start and finish absolutely excellent. Yeah. So I have like my days set for different things I need to do. Like, for instance, Thursdays are my podcasting days for like my show, but I don't mind doing shows for anyone else on any other day. But also, on top of that, it just makes my life a hell of a lot easier that I know I have days where I just read. Mm -hmm. Like, that's my known, it's my reading evening. Other days I have a gaming night, so I just play games. And that's the thing, as I said to you, one of the clients that I may be letting go of just simply because it's becoming more of a time consumption than I wanted to. Once once we've actually figured out how we're going to do this with them, it's very much going to be a case of they're going to receive a copy of my schedule and be like, these are the hours that I'm going to be working. This is how I'm going to be moving forward. Because I found my evenings from like seven o'clock onwards, A, I'm not efficient. And B, I like to just relax that time and that evening time. It's just my favorite time of the day to just switch off, play games, watch movies and recharge.
1: Yeah. so full disclosure Adil is not only my friend but I he also worked with me on getting a little bit more efficient so a little (laughs) bit more
2: very very efficient
1: (laughs) so we've worked on the flexi schedule for him which is one of my offers that I do for extremely busy people just like Adil but what is really important and I think what you've just pointed out like I want to go back to this is like if you're push to the corner and i think this is the thing that people really really underestimate and that it can use for themselves to create artificially but it's a mindset thing too and what i'm going after is deadlines so if you're creating deadlines for yourself and if you're literally putting yourself in a spot where you have enough pressure to actually get shit done but not enough to overwhelm yourself and paralyze yourself with this amount of work you have to do. And, and I think this is the, this is also a really, really important part to break this work down into doable chunks of work, right? Like not having a whole webinar to write, for example, I'm just taking one example because a whole webinar to write takes how long?
2: It could take, it depends. If I'm sitting down and writing it in one session about Three hours, right. three to four hours to write it down.
1: But then if you have this task in front of you and you see like, oh, holy holy cow, this could take me like, you know, three, four hours, but you also know you have to do the research. You have to prepare whatever for yep. them. You have to go through this and this and this, and it actually takes you like five days, right? Yeah. Um,
2: A lot longer sometimes.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I think it's really, really important to break it down into doable chunks of work where looking at it, you know, exactly. Okay. You can put the pressure on by setting the deadlines, but not overwhelm you with like writing a webinar. Cause writing a webinar, this task would just literally shut your brain down be like, Oh, nah, nah, nah. That's like, Oh gosh, nah. I'm not going to do this yep. today until you're actually like having the deadline
2: right in front of you. like, tonight. Oh crap. I need to get this done. <laughs> I don't know what that's like at all. He says.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I think that it's like, really really important to understand how you can use these well let me call them triggers for you because if it's actually triggering you to get shit done but you're not using them in the right way you can also like shoot yourself in the foot quite badly right so talking about shooting in the foot when (laughs) when was the time that you actually tried to like you know push through things and as you you mentioned the mindset um and i think it's one of the things that all of the business owners and entrepreneurs should be consistently working on and growing. So was there a time ever in your business, and I think everyone has this, that you've been trying to move forward, trying to push through, trying to be more efficient or more creative and whatever, but literally you just overwhelmed yourself or it was like an avalanche that you pushed a button and it's just like yeah <sighs> rolled over you.
2: Oh yeah. So many times I've had that very recently. It's I I left something off for so long and it just took me over. I mean, it was so much that I had to like kind of send a message to a client saying that we can't work together anymore. So here's one of those things. And it sucks because it's something that you know you're capable of doing, but if you don't have a system in place for the efficiency, as you basically put out, it overwhelms. And the problem with me is I'm so used to living in that realm of, okay, The deadline is in six hours, get it done. Like get it all done in one sitting versus trying to break it up that my, my natural formation is to go there rather than to try and get it done chunk by chunk. But the chunking stuff does work. It just, it needs to be, for me, I just have to get used to it. That's all it is.
1: Yeah. It's a lot of practice. Yeah. That's for sure. So, yeah. (laughs) So I hope I'm not going to get lost here in, in this thunderstorm. But anyways, so when we're looking at, uh, you know, efficiency, what what does it mean to you actually? Because I think there is a lot of different meanings to all of us if we're looking at efficiency.
2: So efficiency, the way that I look at it is it's the ability to become productive in what you do, but in a way that actually, how do I put this? So it's in a way that actually allows you to get a task done quickly. So it's being productive, but not productive in a way because production is... I can take six hours to do this. I'm going to spend two hours working and four hours goofing off. I still got the work done. So I'm still productive. Efficient is being able to do the two hour job you need in two hours and still have four hours to focus on other things that you need to focus on, not spend six hours kind of going, Oh, I'm going to think about this for two. And then I'm going to write for one. And I'm going to take an hour off and then I'm going to come back and write for another hour. It's like, no, I'm going to write for two hours and then I'm going to take one hour off and then I'm going to come back and do something else for the remaining three. That's efficiency for me. It's it's the ability to get things done quickly in a way that doesn't deplete your energy and actually mentally drain you.
1: Mm -hmm. And how important is it for your job or for your work?
2: Extremely. Actually, to be fair, I'd say it's universal all around. I mean, it's important for everyone to be this way just simply because it allows you to A, produce more, B, feel happier, and C, say for instance, you get into that habit of completing tasks fairly quickly. Uh, A, it opens you up to take on more work if you want to. But more importantly, B, it gives you more time to relax. Mm -hmm. Because think about it this way. If I had six hours in a day to do my work and I got all my work done in two days, I've got four hours to do whatever the hell I want. That could be, I'm going to go play on computer games. I'm going to go out and see friends. I'm going to have like this amazing fork course meal that I'm making. Whatever it is, it allows you to have that space and choice.
1: Yep. So because you're such a creative person and you're not usually operating from this let's just say efficient place. It's a practice for you. How do you use creativity to actually enhance your, uh, your efficiency? And do you do it?
2: Oh, uh, I get very creative with the solutions. So I try and find ways that like, if I'm bored, cause that's the thing that happens. <laughs> I try and find ways to mm-hmm. stimulate my brain. Mm-hmm. So something as simple as juggling is another way of doing it. Mm-hmm. So, or bouncing a ball or jumping on a rebounder or stepping outside and doing some jump rope or whatever it is, basically using a creative method to help me. Because the other downside of creativity is you find ways of creatively wasting time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very creative on how to be procrastinating. Like it's so easy for me to do. It's like, oh, how can I creatively make this day go longer or harder or whatever it is? I'll find a way.
1: Funny enough, I have that too. Although I'm more on the practical side of work, And always have been. But if there's something that really trains me as in strategy, content strategy, I can sit there and I can just like, oh, I can find a thousand ways not to do content strategy. (laughs) Yeah. So have you ever tried to literally schedule in creative time and do something that is... Different to your work. For example, I tend to believe that you are amazing and drawing.
2: I, I I I'm glad that you say that. I don't think I am. I think I'm terrible at art, but I actually really enjoy drawing. Like I've been getting a little bit better, but I don't feel that I'm good at what I do. I'm still getting good at it. Yeah. I mean, you've seen some of my artwork, though. In all fairness, and this is the thing I would say. I'm terrible at accepting how good I am at things at times. So this is one of those things. The way that I find my creativity is a way to replenish every Sunday. So Sundays are my day off. Mm -hmm. It's a day that I don't do anything outside of the realms of of my schedule. And schedule, what I mean by schedule, it means from the moment I wake up, I'm free. Like in my brain, I'm like, I'm completely free. I don't have to text anyone back. I don't owe anything to anyone. What I tend to do on those days is I completely go inward. I indulge in a couple of my own personal vices. I go for a walk. I go play basketball. I go out if the weather's good, if the weather's terrible, I sit at home and make a lovely meal for myself all day. And I spend the day drawing and reading and just basically, when I say reading, I don't mean business books. I actually read fictional Mm -hmm. books in that time. Um, Sometimes I read a business book, but most of the time I'm reading fiction uh, I'm playing on my games. I'm catching up with friends that aren't work friends. So, in a way, it's that Sunday has become kind of like my day of replenishing. And again, it's as you said, it's that day that I use yeah. for my artwork. I pull out my iPad. I just draw for hours. I follow like tutorials online. Basically, the whole plan is just have as much humanly fun as possible in that one day. And I found it really helps me replenish the creativity and the efficiency mm-hmm. for the next day. Also, the other thing I do that is work-based that has helped me with the efficiency on Sundays is I start booking out my week. So I start looking at my week and go, okay, what do I need to get done? What can I get done? And what happens if I don't get it done? And even the stuff I write, what happens when I don't get done, it sounds like I'm telling myself off, but what I put in there instead is I say, if I can't get this task done by this week, Mm -hmm. that's fine. It's okay. You're okay not to be hard on yourself. You'll just pick it up on Monday. That's all it is. I mean, granted, some of my clients do get annoyed at me about this the way I the way I work. They're like, "Oh my god, you're a little bit late with this," which is fine. But they don't get mad when they look at the bank accounts like growing when I'm actually like they send out what I've written for them. I'm like, yeah, you can't be mad at me anymore because I made you money, <laughs> right? Yeah.
1: And I think talking about this, it's really all about expectation setting, right? Yeah. So, if you're setting yourself a deadline, but you're extending the one for your clients, so say. You're telling your clients it's done in four weeks, but you're setting the deadline to two weeks. So you actually have the pressure, but you have, not knowingly, but there is a way how you can actually set yourself up for success in a way that you give yourself the buffer time without having this as a plan B and a way out to always be late again, right?
2: Exactly. It's kind of like a way for me to comfortably give myself that pressure I need, as you said. But without pissing off my clients,
1: yeah, I used to do That's that. That's been quite I used to do that so often with my clients in a digital marketing agency I worked for in Berlin, yes, yeah. simply because we had so many suppliers and so many other people, freelancers, whatever, to work with that you had to be conscious about that they will be late, there will always be something happening. Someone is sick, uh, some pet had to go to the vet. They broke their foot in winter because they slipped on the slippy sidewalks in Germany or whatever, you know, like we had, we had cases there. They were unbelievable, but it just happened. And then we had to find a solution, right? And the solution for me was in the beginning to plan this and the planning, just the planning of buffer weeks in between was really, really helpful because I think out of those hundreds of projects, I think I was twice late with a project. So it was a good successor. It was that one.
2: That's something I'm going to be adapting going forward, because it makes life (laughs) so much easier.
1: Yeah, totally. So if you could choose to only work with a really, really certain kind of client, who would that be?
2: Honestly, my clients, my favorite clients have always been the ones that are they have a good story. I love those clients, the ones that already have a naturally good story, they already have a product in place, they already have, they already know who they are, and they are doing good money, like they're doing above half a million a year, like mm-hmm. that's my ideal it's like half a million and above, and the reason I love them is quite simple, I don't have to go in and create something new, I just have to beat what they wrote before, so the good news is I can look at their old sales letter, pick out what their product does, and then just write a better story for that product. Yeah. That, those are my favorite people <laughs> in the whole wide world. I'll give you an example. A friend of mine uh, is Make writing. the more efficient. Exactly. A friend of mine is writing for a Wagyu beef company. They're selling Wagyu oh. steaks. And what's weird is that the they told me this. The person, the people that the company had hired before, all had gone the discount and sales route for the Wagyu beef. And I was like, that that's a steak lover's wet dream. You, you should not have to discount Wagyu beef. It's like a premier product going to rich people. You yeah. literally just write the copy to why it's amazing. It's and he like was that, like, yeah, I know.
1: It's, it's like the bratwurst being covered in gold.
2: Exactly. You, you're not You're not going to have a hard time selling that to people that like that kind of thing. They like gold. <laughs> and bratwurst. Because
1: it's, it's like... It's like a lot of karate, in there. but anyways, yeah, go ahead.
2: <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, it's just the stuff like that, but uh, it it's how people are. They really, it's really simple to sell. And so many people just mess it up. That's all it is. Yeah. But like, for me, it's like my ideal clients are the ones that they know what they have and I just get to write their control better. I get to beat their control.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So you're in business for yeah. quite long and looking back. There were obviously some. In Germany, we say "Stolpersteine," which is like the little rocks That's on the road sometimes. that you pick up, or like you, you fall over them, yep. trip over them, some of us face blonde over mm-hmm. them. Aye. So, <laughs> so, what would you say has helped you the most to pick yourself up and move forward in a well efficient way?
2: Having friends, that's like the biggest one that's worked for me, is having the right people around me that I can go to and ask for their help and give them a, a tough situation, that's helped. The other way that's really like helped me in efficiency is sitting down and asking myself what caused that situation and how I can avoid, avoid it in future. And the third is kind of more of a gift for me. So this isn't one that I know everyone can do, but this is one that I naturally move towards, is I ask myself the question, what's up? So why did I fall over? What's going on? And then my brain kind of very quickly analyzes the situation, breaks it down and goes, okay, where's the trajectory of getting me out of here? And then it sets a trajectory and I just run for it. And that's a personality thing. But if you're not that type of person and you've fallen over and you're like, how do I get back up? How do I do sufficiently? Friends is a big one. But the other one that really, truly helps, besides learning from your mistakes, is learn from other people's mistakes. Actually, go out and ask people. At, listen to people on the show, and I'm sure Monique has asked many people this question. I've asked many people this question. What What did you do to get back up, and how did you stay there? And you get every kind of question and answer possible, and that helps you feed that. One of the other pieces I give you as a great piece of actually two easy advice. Number one, get a mentor that can help you with your mindset, because that's where the majority of the battle is going to be is in your mm. brain. There's not so much going around you; it's in your head. Uh, you might be like, I don't know yeah. how to. Make- It's like, I don't know how to make money. I don't know if I'll ever do this.
1: Amen.
2: Well, that's fine. But your brain is what's actually stopping you. It's not your skills. It's your mind. That's what's stopping you. And the second, read books. Read really good books. that will help you massively get through things.
1: Yeah. Just keep going. (sighs) Yeah.
2: So that's basically kind of the thing I do is just give people those pieces of advice. And one of the best books I can never tell you again back on your feet is, is a really old book by I think it's A.L. Williams. It's called, um, oh, my God. All You Can Do Is All You Can Do, but All You Can Do Is Enough.
1: Oh, that sounds amazing.
2: It's a really old book on a direct sales company.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, all You Can Do Is All You Can Do, but All You Can Do Is Enough. And that is, I'm going to find it right now. It is by, yeah, Arthur L. Williams. So a. L. Williams. Uh, it was published in 1988. It is literally a great book. Uh, I read this 10 years ago. Actually, no, 11 years ago. And it's one of my favorite books that I've never given to anyone else. It's in my shelf. I don't go anywhere without it. I've read it a couple of more times mm-hmm. since then, but there are so many valuable lessons to that.
1: Amazing.
2: So that's the book I'd recommend. I to
1: love everyone. it. Yeah, so and moving- I'm guessing not a lot of yep. people
2: actually know about that.
1: No, actually not. I, I mean, I know tons of books, but I haven't heard of that indeed. It's
2: a little fun it. one. For exclusive for this audience only because I don't really tell people about it.
1: <laughs> well, no, that's out.
2: <laughs> yep. You guys can all go listen to it and read it.
1: So moving forward, where do you think you would like to be more efficient and where do you not want to be efficient?
2: Where I don't want to be efficient is I don't want to be efficient in writing as much anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, that sounds strange, but I don't want to be efficient in it because when I'm efficient with like personal projects, I kind of get bored of them. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm just doing this for, like, if I don't have the passion. Where I want to get more efficient in, like, extremely efficient in, is ideation. Like, I want to get more efficient mm-hmm. with how I create ideas and bring them to reality. So, I, like, Execution is where I want to be more efficient in.
1: Yeah. So that's kind of amazing. What me. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay. Last question for today before we go and jump off. So if you had to leave three pieces of advice for our users that they can implement straight away, to be more efficient in whatever it is, but kind of in your way, more as of in, you I know, to, lessons uh, you learned.
2: Right. So writing better, like, could we, could I put it in like how to get more efficient in writing your copy? Or yeah,
1: your copy? 100%. Okay. Please.
2: So I'll give you guys three things. Two of them will be about copy and one will just be about getting efficient in life. The first one is quite simple. Get a notepad and start reading as many, commercially successful fiction books as possible and write down exactly why you feel emotionally connected to them. So like in moments you'll feel emotionally connected, write down why, like sit down and just go, okay, I'm emotionally connected because of this and this is how I feel. If you feel grossed out and sick or whatever it is, great. Write that down. If you feel happy and loving and wonderful, great. Write that down. Don't do it and like, don't just let it happen. When you write this thing down, your brain actually figures out how to reverse engineer that into what you do in day-to-day conversation. Same with movies. That's number one still, by the way. Do the same with movies, do the same with games, basically consume media that is commercially viable, that has been successful. Find out why it makes you feel a certain way because that's what we are, we buy from emotions. So that's always the thing. The second thing that I can tell you to get more efficient at when it comes down to writing your copy is practice. Practice, practice, practice. Write one thing every single day. It could be. It doesn't have to be a whole p- sales page, but it could literally be one paragraph. And that one paragraph has mm-hmm. to be, uh, the, the, the stipulation to it is that one paragraph has to be so good that when you read it, it encapsulates your day. Right. So I tend to write at the end of the day. So like the shortest paragraph I've ever written was one I wrote the other night, which was birthday weekend, absolutely loving it, felt never felt as loved
1: Aww, that's a good one
2: something as simple as that that's great. or like going going to bed happy is what i wrote
1: yeah
2: and that was basically a paragraph of just also anyone that reads that they know what's going on they know what's going on in my head as for the third thing get a mentor and i really mean this the thing that you can do is Pick up like to become more flexible. Work with Monique if she can get your hands on her flexi schedule if possible. Because when she designs those things, apply it, you will see results. It's very much a case of how I've worked with it and used it, and that's basically what's helped me with my efficiency. And a and a slight three point five point here or a fourth rather. Pick a day once a week that you'll fully take off. Like you, you dedicate that day to you.
1: Preach.
2: if you can do more than one day awesome but at least pick one day of the week for me it's a Sunday other people it's a Tuesday but when you take that one day off make it your self care day and this means do something that makes you happy go get a back massage go get a head massage go to the isolation tank go float go for a run do something go sit in nature all day
1: hug an elephant
2: hug an elephant if there's one available nearby
1: <laughs>
2: you know just anything you can do
1: ethically please <laughs> hmm? ethically please yeah. don't
2: force them yeah definitely because sure, <laughs> they will kick you well they're peaceful but they could kill you <laughs> but what i'm saying is just do something that's fun that is right for you to give you that recharge yeah. that's all it is it could be something as simple it's like the way i get my recharge not me personally but you could be like hey the way i get my recharge is by reading like building a lego go build lego then yeah that's what i do yeah i build lego and like sometimes because i got given a whole bunch for my birthday so now i'm building lego i love it yeah it's fun
1: it was an amazing pleasure to talk before we go you please have to tell my and our audience what can they get from you and where can they get it
2: okay cool so by the time the show comes out you should be able to get this on my ooh. let's just say go to storysellingblueprint.com that's s t o r y s e l l i n g blueprint.com by the time you guys go there and actually this thing is live you will see a three page a three it's like a five page pdf it's uh, it's three steps i use to figure out your story like everyone's story you can figure out your own story your client story and it gives you un- it gives you access to unlimited content by using this framework over and over again on each section of your story the other thing as well I've done for it is I've shot a video. Uh, it's only a five minute video that basically goes in depth to how to use this PDF. Get both. They're completely free and they will help you really get on in transition with where you want to be in your life. I can hear your little smiling uh, noise in the background, which is awesome. And the second thing I'd give, that's the one. And the second thing I'd do for everyone here that I'd recommend, go check out Adil Amarsi Unplugged. Uh, 2020, we'll have Monique actually as one of our guest speakers in the early part of the first quarter. So we're just arranging that. But go check it out. There is a whole host of great entrepreneurs on there, business owners that you can pick up a lot of great advice from and just find what works for you in the best way. So those are the two things I'd say you guys can get from me.
1: Awesome. Guys, go check out Story Selling.
2: Yep, Blueprint.
1: Blueprint.com, yep. as well as Adel Amarsi Unplugged. That's his podcast. And you really want to dig in because there are amazing people on that I personally have worked with as well yep. and that are just like, or really, really great friends and, and whatever. But uh, we have a wide range of mutual connections. So go listen to that. It's really, really amazing. Um, I love listening to this show. And uh, we're going to put the links down Below, right, left, Everywhere. above, I don't know where it's going to be. Just go check it out in the show notes, guys, and girls, Everywhere. and everyone yep. else.
2: Everyone <laughs> Pineapples. I should
1: Pineapples. I should call everyone just pineapples, you know? It makes it easier. <laughs> Definitely,
2: considering that's my nickname in jiu-jitsu, well, in Portuguese. Yeah. A I
1: know. Which is... <laughs> <laughs> I love that.
2: And this is uh, before I actually knew you. That's the crazy part. Is this was my nickname for ages, and then I met you. I was like, "You do know that's my nickname?" You are like, "No,"
1: but <laughs> well, now I do. <laughs> okay, uh, you pineapples out there, we're gonna we're gonna finish off here. Go if you haven't done it now. Subscribe, click any of the buttons that's gonna help you get any notifications. You know this whole kind of thing that you got to do when you need to listen more to us because we are kind of cool. So just go do that. And then follow Adele and check him out. Check the story selling thing out because it's going to be amazing. I think uh, I know it's really rare, but I'm a little bit speechless for now. So I'm just going to make a cut here. <laughs> and guys, i see you next week. See
0: you
2: guys. Bye.
0: You've been listening to Efficiency On Demand. On Demand. We hope you've learned about your ultimate potential, how to control your time, how to create some clarity in your crazy life, and how to live life limitless. Limitless. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. And please follow on Instagram at secretweapon to efficiency We'll see you next time on Efficiency On Demand with Monique. Remember. Slow down to speed up.